0: Hey yo, Cali Green Monster Show. Oh uh, yeah, here we go, bro. Sports. Uh huh. Stuff. Oh yeah. Let's fucking get it, Nate Diaz. Welcome into to another episode of the Cali Green Monster Show. I am your host, Dean Ryan, coming to you here from the Tesla Studios in beautiful, sunny San Diego, California. It is a Wednesday morning, June 2nd, 2021 blinking you missed it we're already in the middle of the week that's one of the beautiful things about a 3 day weekend i think i've mentioned it in the past before it's a it, the 3 day weekend is like the gift that keeps on giving you know i feel like the friday before the weekend starts is already kind of chill like you're already on vacation you get the monday off you know you roll into tuesday feeling those tuesday morning blues but like i said next thing you know we're coming in it's wednesday i feel like the next weekend is already in eyesight so let's fucking go let's get after it Let's talk some sports. You know, you put this shit on in the background or, you know, while you're eating lunch or whatever, you know, let's listen to the Cali game monster. Shoot the shit about a bunch of stuff. And I've got an excellent show lined up for you as always. So we're going to be talking about, you know, Julio Jones. We're probably going to see him moving possibly today. Maybe tomorrow, but I'm thinking for sure by the end of the week You know, June 1st, the big day yesterday Where a lot of money, uh, the the Falcons would be saving a lot of money So we're going to be talking about a little bit about Julio Jones We're going to talk a little bit about the basketball games last night You know, Dame Time put on an epic performance But it still wasn't enough for Portland The Lakers fucking stink The Nets are fucking good So we're going to talk about all that stuff But before I do, I've got to talk about one of the most intense videos that I saw yesterday. It was completely electric, watching this girl completely, I don't know, stiff arm, tackle, push... I don't know what you do, but she just, like, blasted a grizzly bear off her fence. That It was a bear that was attacking her her dogs, so let's set up the scene. It's like a camera's pointed into, like, a courtyard of a house, and you're seeing these dogs flipping out, and it's because Yogi Bear, dude, is just chilling on top of the fence, and he's swiping at the big dog. You know, the big dog is, like, you know, no fucks given, is going after the bear, and the bear's swiping away, and all the other little dogs are yapping away, like, go! Oh, get him big dog even though big dog is lucky that one of those swipes like honestly didn't take him out and then next thing you know apparently it was a 17 year old girl but it looked like a little old lady running out in her nightgown so she comes running out zero fear like meanwhile I would have been hidden behind the door like come on dogs like don't die but she just runs out no fear and just like fuck you bear knocks him like straight off the wall like I was like dude that bear's gotta be a couple hundred pounds and she just straight up like, I don't know, man, like sign her up to work on the offensive line or be a defensive tackle. Because, dude, man, she just like she humbled that fucking bear <laughs> like for reals, because I'm just saying for me, like I, I, the bears are one of those animals where like, you know, when people say, oh, monsters don't exist. No. Bears are fucking monsters, man. Like, if you're out there in the, you know, in Yellowstone or whatever and run across a hungry grizzle bear, you're fucking dead. Like, that thing's going to eat you. So, just like, you know, a gorilla that could, like, rip your head off or a bear or, like, a great white shark or a lion or something like that. You know, bears, like, not something to fuck around. And that chick had zero fear. So, if you haven't seen this video, you need to go check out chick punk's bear or whatever because like let's be real like when you're thinking about that this bears perched on the fence and it being like that heavy and this little girl like can you imagine if the bear like didn't budge when she shoved it and it just fell on top of her i mean that video could have ended up being so much more graphic so honestly kudos to you that chick is definitely badass of the week that's, no, it's not going to be a segment. I don't think we ever ever labeled anyone Badass of the Week. But let's pretend for a quick moment that a Cali Green Monsters show has a segment Badass of the Week. That goes to the girl just straight up being like, Bear, you are not making lunch of my dogs. So, you know, kudos to you, Chica. All right, Julio Jones. I feel like last week we dedicated an episode to Julio Jones, and you know he still hasn't been moved yet. But let's be real. This is probably the only bit of NFL news that's in the news right now. It's either let's talk, speculating where Julio Jones is going to go or speculate where Aaron Rodgers is going to go. And I feel like there's nothing really new about Aaron Rodgers except for the fact that people are speculating that Julio Jones and Aaron Rodgers are possibly in talks about, you know, teaming up at wherever julio jones is going to decide to wind up when let's be real the only i think realistic place that that can happen is green bay because i don't know how a team is going to be able to unload enough assets to be able to bring in aaron Rodgers or julio jones but you know basically the reason i wanted to talk about it is that june 1st happened yesterday and basically the falcons would have owned julio jones 23.25 million dollars if they traded julio jones before june 1st but now they would only owe him 7.75 so you know that's the date that everyone's just been kind of keeping their eye on and like you know now it's not a question of if he's going to get traded it's going to it's just a matter of when and where he's going to get traded to you know last week the big news is that shannon sharp had called him live on television and it's come out that julio jones had no idea that that call was even going to happen or that he was on television so you know i don't know how that works out you know maybe depending on where the show's filmed, that's okay and legal i know in some places that might be illegal but you know what that's not what we're talking about right now we're talking about julio jones possibly being on the move and where he's going to wind up going you know i feel like over the past couple days on espn and the articles that i've read there's a lot of people speculating that it's going to be one of two afc teams the tennessee titans or the baltimore ravens you know the tennessee titans man if they were to get Julio Jones. You got Julio Jones and AJ Brown on each side of the field for Ryan Tannehill, and then on top of Derrick Henry, it's like good luck defenses having to tackle all those fucking dudes on that uh, you know, on that offensive side of the ball, and then Baltimore Ravens. You know, a lot of people have been saying that one of the weaknesses with Baltimore these past couple of years is that they don't have you know, a top number one wide receiver that Lamar Jackson can throw to. So while they've been dominant running the ball, while Lamar Jackson's been completely electric, being able to do things out of the backfield that no one's been able to do since Michael Vick. And honestly, I feel like he's been better and more productive than Michael Vick. You know, if they can bring in a guy like Julio Jones to really spread that field, that would really do wonders. Cause you know, a defensive have to commit to stopping the run and now having Julio Jones out there, you know, I think that would also make, you know, Mark Andrews more effective. I think that would make Hollywood Brown more effective. So I think the Ravens would be a good landing spot. You know, as of yesterday, you know how some websites will take betting odds on anything. You know, there's been betting odds on where Julio Jones is going to wind up. And as of yesterday, Seattle is actually the betting favorite. So I don't know if, you know, the people that are all the insiders on the in the know, the people that are making these betting lines know something that a lot of us don't know. You know, but maybe Seattle's working behind the scenes to bring him in. I remember last year and before Antonio Brown wound up in Tampa Bay, Seattle was in conversations with Antonio Brown, and a lot of people speculated that Antonio Brown would go to Seattle. So they're definitely open to bringing in a veteran electric wide receiver to really help, you know, boost that offense that already touts D.J. Metcalf and Tyler Lockett, in addition to Russell Wilson and Chris Carson. So you know, Seattle, you know, his is an offense that on their best days can put up numbers against any defense in the league and now if you add Julio Jones to that it's like good luck with the safeties and cornerbacks trying to stop DK Metcalf or Julio Jones because it's like what do you do you can't double team any of them because then you also have Tyler Lockett out there who's also arguably a top 10 wide receiver in the league so Julio Jones going to Seattle would be electric but you know I don't think we can really go off the betting odds because if you look I think just last week the Patriots had even better odds like they were the leading favorites to get Julio Jones and their odds to get Julio Jones were actually better than what Seattle's currently are right now. So I think at this point, it's just going to be kind of speculating. We're not going to really know. I don't know if you heard in the background, my ESPN app going off. And it's because I feel like a lot of times when I'm doing um, these podcast will get breaking news and whatever i'm talking about ends up coming to fruition while i'm recording like for example yesterday while i was recording the breaking news came out that it was going to be official that you know even though i was talking about that woodley and jake paul was going to happen i didn't know about a time you know a date that, that when it was going to happen but you know but it's basically while i was recording the show it came out that they're going to be having it at the end of august so now we know that end of summer jake paul and tyrone woodley so i'm basically just listening to you because i'm expecting my Bleacher Report app and ESPN app to just like start going off and we'll get news of Julio Jones going somewhere that hasn't happened yet what the breaking news that we did hear is it actually is some big news and it's a nice little segue into the basketball section because we're going to talk about some basketball but I wasn't going to talk about this breaking news Celtics president Danny Ainge expected to step down Coach Brad Stevens is moving into a full-time front office role, so that's crazy. That's a big shakeup with the Celtics. You know, Danny Ainge is someone that people have said is probably one of the best executives for a long time now. You know, he's the one that brought the big three to Boston and brought them their championship in 2008. You know, he swung that big trade with the the Nets where he sent, you know, Garnett and Paul Pierce over there and got back tons of you know draft capital that really helped the Celtics you know build a strong team like they have now but they really have underachieved over these past couple years and you know basically getting their ass kicked by the Nets and not looking competitive this year you know they didn't have Jalen Brown which really hurt him but I think people were had a lot better expectations of the Celtics going into the season there was a lot of people thinking Jason Tatum was going to be a dark horse candidate just because you know he's the best player on what was presumed to be a top four team in the east, but they really struggled this year. I mean, they struggled with injuries, but at the end of the day, you know, they need results, especially when you're a top franchise like the Boston Celtics. So, yeah, Brad Stevens, he's now moving up to a front office role, so we'll see who they bring in to be coach. So, at least we know Danny Ainge is out and, you know, Brad Stevens front office, so, you know, we'll see what happens there in Boston. Minus we'll talk about what happened last night, the Nets behind the strength of James Harden's 34-point triple-double finished off the Celtics. So it was a five-game series. You know, I think the Celtics, it was, you know, it it took Jason Tatum 50-point performance to even get a scratch a win out. You know, you'll see later in this episode when talking about Portland that, you know, scoring 50-plus sometimes isn't enough to help will your team to a win. But, you know, so the Boston Celtics, they're done. The Nets, they're moving on into the next round. They're going to be playing Giannis Antetokounmpo and the Milwaukee Bucks. That's going to be an awesome series, and I think the winner of that is going to be representing the Eastern Conference in the finals. It's going to be a super dogfight. And it's funny, up until this past Memorial Day weekend, I wasn't completely in on the Brooklyn Nets and how good they really were. And it wasn't until I started using them in NBA 2K21 that I realized how much easier the game got and just how having three superstars that could get buckets at any time at any point in the game is really such an advantage over every other team so we'll see like what Milwaukee can do You know they got Drew Holiday And you know Chris Middleton And you know Brooke Lopez And Giannis and you know they're a solid team And there's a lot of people that have picked the Bucks To represent the East But you know I think it's going to be electric series And we'll, we'll see if they have enough to stop You know not just James Harden But you know Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving You know I hate Kyrie Irving But you know that guy can play fucking basketball He's electric with the ball He can score from anywhere He hits clutch shots when he needs them So regardless of, you know, how much of a dipshit he is off the course, that guy can play basketball. And I think that, yeah, the Brooklyn Nets are, you know, going to be a handful for anyone they play, you know, the remainder of these playoffs. So speaking of... A player scoring 50 points you know talking about you know jason tatum willing the celtics to a win by scoring 50 points and i think it was game three or game four i forget forget which one it was but last night the portland trailblazers got another epic performance by damian lillard you know he scored 55 points 10 assists six rebounds 12 for 17 from three-point range that's a playoff record You know, one of the three-point records that Steph Curry doesn't have. So, Damian Lillard hit 12 three-pointers, and it was the times that he was hitting these three-pointers that was just so epic. You know, he tied the game at 121 with three seconds left in regulation to force the game into overtime. And then in overtime, the Denver Nuggets, you know, pulled out to a nine-point lead and seemed like they were completely just going to, you know, just dominate in the overtime period. And then on three possessions in a row, Damian Lillard hit three-pointers man and especially that third one it, it was just like you could just hear the crowd just be like oh my god like it was just like how do you let this guy do it it was insane you know like they say what's one of those things that's awesome in basketball when you're like momentum is a real motherfucker and like dude damian lillard he was on fire you know nba jam rules he was just like dude that rim was just lit up you know but still man it wasn't enough you know, the Denver Nuggets, even without Jamal Murray, were still too much. You know, Jokic, a lot of people think that he was the MVP this year. You know, he had 38 points, 11 rebounds, 9 assists. Got an, another, he got a really good performance from Michael Porter Jr. Helping, you know, 10 of 13 shooting, you know, 26 points and 12 rebounds. So, dude, like, they started the second overtime. A Jokic getting five points right away, and it just you know Denver just never relented and was able to finally finish off Portland, you know. So Dame Lillard, man, he's definitely you not know, to say top three point guard. You know, I, the only real other point guard I would pick ahead of him consistently would probably be, be Steph Curry, and that's just because of Steph Curry's three point. It's really it's a cheat code in the modern NBA. It's basically like a video game guy. But I mean, Dame Lillard is the way he was shooting yesterday was very similar. It was almost like watching Steph Curry out there too just dragging the kind of threes that he was doing and especially at the end where you were just expecting those to go down it was almost like you know he was the portland trailer trail offense in the overtime you know i think he scored 17 of the 19 points in the overtime period and i think that the rest of his squad went one of 13 from the field so lillard is definitely a it's a one-man show over there in portland you know he gets a lot of respect for you know not just like Leaving his original team and trying to join a big three and chase a championship, I'm wondering how long that narrative is going to stay true. Because you know, at the end of the day, do he players are, want that ring? They want that part of their legacy. And at a certain point, you know, I think that. Unless someone's gonna, you know, join him over in Portland, which I highly doubt anyone's gonna do, even in the modern NBA where you can be a star anywhere. You look at Giannis up in Milwaukee, but I think that honestly, if if Damian Lillard wants to be more than just Dame time and like, you know, a rapper who's really good at basketball but not gonna win a championship, he's gonna have to go somewhere other than Portland because I just don't see them surrounding him with pieces that you know enough to be able to bring home a title. And then the last. Basketball game I want to talk about. Made me sick. Just stopped watching it at halftime. The Suns just beat the crap out of the Lakers. It was an Anthony Davis-less Lakers. You know, he was sitting out with the groin injury. I think if the groin injury is on the same side that he hurt his calf and Achilles. So Anthony Davis, he's all beat up. You know, whether you think he's tough or not, you know, I, I do think he's Mr. Glass because it seems like he's always hurt. But at the end of the day, I mean, he's hurt. You know what can we what can we ask of this guy? You know, even though we're seeing Chris Paul over on the other side, just like his shoulders falling off, and he's still playing. But hey, you know we know that Chris Paul's a dog. You know, well, at least Anthony Davis has a ring, right? So. Yeah, man, Devin Booker led the way, 30 points. I think he had 18 of them in the first first quarter. I think or right off the bat, he was just honestly completely torching the Lakers. LeBron had a so-so performance. He had 24 points, seven assists, went six of ten from three point, but honestly, it wasn't enough. You know, he kind of looked like he was pouting a bit. There was a point in I think the second quarter where you know he didn't even come back on defense, and it was literally Phoenix playing five on four against the Lakers before they got an easy bucket. They took a 30 point lead going into the half you know the Lakers just couldn't get anything on done on offense you know Kuzma and Horton Tucker were the only other Lakers in double figures but I mean Kuzma had 15 and Horton Tucker had 11 points besides that they couldn't get offense from anywhere else so I mean the Lakers they're down 3-2 going back to Staples Center for game six we'll see if Anthony Davis comes back but I feel like even if Anthony Davis comes back I mean I don't know how much healthier this guy can go throughout the rest of the the playoffs. You know, at the beginning, I felt like that the Lakers' successful playoff run and dominance and, you know, chances for defending their championship – relied on them staying healthy and getting better as the playoffs go along but I feel like staying healthy is going to be something hard to ask for when Anthony Davis seems to already be falling apart here in the first round so if they can put him together with some duct tape to eke out a win in game six and seven I don't really see them you know getting past a team like Denver or, you know, even the Clippers who've really turned it on these in the past couple games. So do the Lakers are definitely in trouble. And, you know, even though they were my pick at the beginning, I, I'm kind of now one of those people on the Brooklyn Nets bandwagon at this point. Cause like I said, they were so fucking good to, they're so easy to use in NBA 2k. I just don't see how in real life anyone else is going to stop them. So, you know, if the Lakers can't figure it out, if Anthony Davis can't just get some magic stuff, Stem cell therapy to fix his weak ass bottom half. You know, I don't see the Lakers really even, you know, progressing past the second round, let alone getting past this first round series. So we'll see. So that's all I got for this episode. As always, I appreciate everyone that takes the time to download and listen to this podcast. You know, if you enjoy what you listen to, you know, be a friend. Tell your friends about this show, dude. It's a fucking dope-ass show. But until next time, I've been your host, Dean Ryan. This has been a Cali Green Monster Show. Coming to you here from the Tesla Studios in beautiful, sunny San Diego, California. Have a great one, guys. Peace.